1: Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that has helped them craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. I think you will find today's podcast delightful. I certainly found Kelly very delightful. An amazing young woman who has, with her husband, combined their resources and knowledge to become the owners of 10 units, duplexes, and create a passive income stream for themselves. And they're only in their mid-30s. Kelly has some amazing ideas that she's gonna share with you. And we call this episode House Hacking because she really did get very creative in the many ventures that she and her husband explored. And now she's actually a real estate agent and also goes and sells real estate. So it's exciting for me to interview somebody who is so creative and really thinking about ways to invest that are not inside the norm. I think you're gonna enjoy this show, so sit on back, grab your favorite beverage, and enjoy. Well, Kelly Scavel, like shovel, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Amy, thanks for having me.
1: For those of, of you that are wondering why did she say that, it's because I was having so much difficulty saying her name correctly, so she helped me with the say it like shovel, but scavel. So I had to say it again just to make sure I got it right. And no, it's perfect. Thank you so much for actually, this is, we always like to tell people when we have to uh, to do part two of the show because, or take two, I should say, but a little uh, technical difficulty. So Kelly was so kind to uh, schedule time out of her busy schedule, as you will hear, to re record this episode, which I have to say, Kelly, I was actually kind of excited to do because I felt like our conversation the first time was so good that I can't imagine what like take two is going to be. It's going to be so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it too. So before we dig into your amazing vineyard that you have, I would love to know if you have an amazing wine that you'd like to share with people.
0: You know, I am more of a... I do like wine. And if I drink wine, it's usually like a Merlot. But I'm more of an uh, IPA
1: beer girl. So... I (laughs) I think we talked about that last time. And you mentioned a particular brand that you really liked.
0: Yes, it's Southern Tier IPA. That's
1: what I thought. Yeah. So a little (laughs) plug for our local breweries of Southern Tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... Right now, it's winter in New York as we're recording this, so um, uh, many people tend to go to the porters or the stouts around that time of year, the heavy red wines. But if you are also an IPA lover and haven't tried it, I do believe Wegmans carries that now. So you can just go and, and grab one of them one of theirs, and you can actually build your own six-pack in Wegmans now. Did you know that? Yes, I love that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, as people are probably saying, get on with the show. (laughs) Um, I really am very excited to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. One is that you have built an amazing income stream that has allowed you to completely change the direction of your life by basically turning rental home rentals into your job. Right. Right. And, um, there's a, there's quite a story about how you've built that little vineyard. And I'd love for you to start from the beginning. And even if you want to go back further, uh, and talk about how you got thinking about doing what you've done, um, so that people that are interested in doing it would even have the right mindset.
0: Sure. Um, So I guess we can go way far back. And I uh, grew up in a small town in Western New York and there, everybody really lived paycheck to paycheck and my parents included, and they were super hard workers. We had a family farm that they ran part-time and then, you know, like after working on the weekends, and then they both had full-time jobs. And even with, and my mother had multiple part-time jobs in addition to her full-time job and working on the farm. Um, but even with all of their hard work and all the time they spent working, it was still very much paycheck to paycheck. And there were some times when money was, was really tight mm-hmm. and it was, you know, diff- growing up, you watched that. And one of my takeaways was that I, I wanted to, not have to worry about money, um, as much as they Mm -hmm. did. And, but, but in all of their hard work, I feel like they really instilled a good work ethic in me, which I'm super grateful for. Um, so fast forward, I, I actually went to school to become a veterinary technician. Um, so that's what my, my, I got an associate's degree in that and really enjoyed it. It was all I ever wanted to do was be a vet tech. But, um, shortly after I got a job up at Ithaca in corn at Cornell. Mm -hmm. Um, I realized that it was, it was a great job. I liked it, but it it did not, it, it it barely paid Mm -hmm. the bills. Um, So I started reading a lot on personal finance and saving money, um, you know, investing kind of that row in, in, those books took naturally took me into real estate investing. And what I found out was that a lot of people built wealth through real estate investing that came from nothing. It it was a good vehicle for people who really didn't have uh, parents with money or um, any way of really getting started. They, they could get, get a start in real estate investing and get off the ground. So that really resonated with me because I didn't, I, I really had come at that point, I still had nothing. Um, so I think I was 22. And I started uh, looking at houses, and I, I had read that you could rent out a room, or even buy a house and turn a part of the house into an apartment and rent that out and have it pay for most of your mortgage. And that really resonated with me because I'm like, okay, I could, I could live, you know, rent or mortgage free or Mm -hmm. close to it. Um, so we, I started looking and at the time my husband who, uh, was still my boyfriend then was still in college. And so I dragged my poor Mm -hmm. real estate agent around for two years trying to find the right property. I wasn't totally sure what I wanted. Like, did I want a single family uh, a, a duplex. I wasn't really sure. I felt like I would know mm-hmm. when I saw it, and I did not have a large budget. It was a very, very lean budget because at first it was just me, and then it was eventually both of us searching because the search went on <laughs> for so long. Sure. <laughs> um, so we weren't really sure, you know what what we were looking for, but we kept looking, and there were some houses that my agent wouldn't even go in. She would open the door and say, mm-hmm. "You're on your own." go in and look at that. A lot of them were abandoned, um, bank owned homes. So we eventually found a single family house that was a split level ranch. So if you're not familiar with what a split level ranch is, it's one of those houses that's a lot of them were built in the seventies. And when you walk in the front door, you either have to go up a set of stairs or down a set of stairs. And, um, this one that we found was a single family house, but on the, when you went downstairs, there was a walkout of the basement and there was three bedrooms, uh, downstairs and three bedrooms, That's upstairs. a lot of bedrooms. Yeah. So it was a six bedroom house, which is way too big for, you know, a, a young couple in their early twenties. Um, but what I saw was that you could easily put a wall up at the bottom of those stairs and there was already egress out of the, what would be a downstairs apartment. Um, so it could easily, it seemed to me without any construction background or knowledge that it could have, it could easily be turned, the downstairs could easily be turned into an apartment and we could comfortably live upstairs because there was, again, a bathroom on each level. So we went home. My husband wasn't too keen on it, he didn't really like the house. So
1: is that what you guys did?
0: We did. We ended up uh, purchasing it and putting a wall up at the stairs um, and everything else, all of the egress was already there existing the the what the walkout door was there so it was super easy to put a kitchen in we put a very uh, easy cheap kitchen in the downstairs and put the wall up and immediately had uh, a duplex and we were living in the upstairs
1: how long did you guys do that for
0: we lived in that property for um let me think here Five years we were in that property,
1: living upstairs. So this this happened. I was, so you got married. You did this. You lived there for five years, and then what happened?
0: Um, so I should back up a little bit. So um, after we bought that in two thousand nine and in two thousand thirteen. So four years later, we purchased. Um, the, we knew we were ready to get. We really liked being landlords. We knew that it was something that we wanted to, um, continue getting involved with. Um, and at that point, so we, we bought that house using an FHA loan. And, um, one of the big things about, about that loan was that we were only had to come up with three and a half percent down. Um, and because we were young, we didn't have a lot of money to put towards the down payment. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to take, um, Six percent of the total cost and roll our closing costs into the mortgage, um, which further reduced our closing costs and the amount of money that we needed to bring to the close table. Um, so, so we were able to to get into that whole property for right around fifty five hundred dollars, which is really not a lot of money when you're talking about buying a house. Um, and the mortgage on that was was. Uh, well, let me back up a little. So the, we ended up renting it out for uh, $1,500 within the first year. And our mortgage was $1,300. All
1: right. So, That's
0: good yeah. math. So it was. Uh, <laughs> we, we knew that, the, that it was going to, we had hopes that it would help pay towards our mortgage a good chunk of it. We didn't know that it was going to pay our mortgage, our taxes, our insurance, and all of the utilities on the property, which is what it ended up doing like I said, within the first year. So uh, we had a really good start and we were excited to get more. And right around the time that we decided that we um, were ready to start looking again and that we had saved up money um, from not having to pay a mortgage or pay rent, we were started to look and then the next door neighbor came to us who had a duplex and asked if we were interested in purchasing his pro- his duplex. Um, mm-hmm. and at the time I, we had a one, our daughter, I don't even think she was one, she was about six months old and I wasn't working because that was a big goal of ours is that I didn't, I wasn't, I wanted to be home and raise our children. I didn't want to have to work. I Working from home was fine, but I didn't want to have to leave and take them to a babysitter. Um, so we didn't have an income from me. We just had my husband's income and thankfully the The seller, he was a very good guy. He was very much into pay it forward. He um, offered to hold the entire mortgage except for the down payment of $10,000. So we were able to get into that second duplex, that second property with uh, $10,000 down. And the seller held the note at a really good interest rate.
1: So the first time you used an FHA loan, the second time you used an owner's like an owner backed mortgage. And in both cases, the renters were covering the cost of those.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So that second property that we picked up was also a cash flowing property. Um, you'll hear different, different investors will look for different things when they're purchasing properties. We like to look for cash flow because we like to have the money um, coming in right away. You know, you can't, we didn't want to bank on Mm -hmm, appreciation mm -hmm. um we kind of that was that was our focus was cash flow so so yeah so we had um our entire mortgage being paid at the house we were currently living in and then that second duplex was making us a little bit of money it wasn't a lot but it was a step in Mm -hmm. the right direction what was really interesting about that property and that aside from the fact that it was right next door was that it came with a vacant um lot with it that had already been grandfathered into um for approval to subdivide and it was a buildable lot. So what we did with that lot was we, we executed the grand, the, you know, the grandfathering and actually had it subdivided. And then we took, we got a commercial construction loan. um, Because again, we weren't showing Mm -hmm. much of an income for me and we used that construction loan to build almost a replica of the, of the, first house that we had bought so a, a duplex upstairs and downstairs you just didn't mm-hmm, have that split mm-hmm. there It's it was more of just mm-hmm. a regular ranch with a basement apartment um and we took those we had a set of brothers that were living with us at the time and we asked them if we enjoyed having them they were really good tenants they were quiet and so we asked them if they wanted to move with us to the new house <laughs> that we had built and of course they that's awesome <laughs>
1: so
0: so all of us moved over into this newer house that was newer. It was larger. Um, and, and that, again, within the first year was paying the same situation. We had made it so that the rent was paying for um, the mortgage taxes insurance. And I don't think it quite covered the utilities on that one. But still, we were living mm-hmm. mortgage free mm-hmm. in that house too.
1: So I just want to recap. The first house you used a FHA loan, you had the insight. And you said you read a book or you read something in that, that it kind of turned you on to the idea of, you know, renting this out or doing this kind of thing. Do you recall what that was? Do you remember
0: I read so many? I read so many books back then. Um, I don't know which book it was that I, I can specifically remember the light bulb going <laughs> off, but I
1: don't remember which book it was. But you run um, this in a magazine or a book or something like that. And so the first house was FHA. You built a, a wall that allowed um, you to subdivide it out for, for the, and because the egress was there. And that's how you could get away with that. But that's, that's why it took you so long right. to find that place, too, because you were, you were looking for very specific things at the same time. And then you, the second house came up for sale. That was next door. You, this, you were able to subdivide that too. So there was two renters there. So you had three people renting at that point in time, right? Yep. We had three apartments at that And then you subdivided the property and built a new one, took the brothers with you. So now you have (laughs) two people renting in your original home two people renting next door and then you and the brothers renting in the new house. Correct. So you have five people at this point in time, five apartments that you're renting out at this point in time. Now it's an income stream.
0: Yeah. Now it's, uh, now at that point, it didn't feel like we were like saving every penny that we need. You know, things started to, to, You could see the light at the end of the tunnel at that point, that things were starting to come together and that what we had been working for and saving for and really, um, you know, focused on was starting to come to fruition.
1: Somewhere in there, you also had a child, right? (laughs) So by the time,
0: yes, by the time we moved to that, that one that we built, we moved with a two-year-old and a a six-week-old. Actually, yeah, he was six weeks. Yeah, so we had two two children when we moved into that one, which we thought um, would, we would be able to live there for a while with two children.
1: Okay, so that takes you to five rentals. And if memory serves me correctly, you now have 10? We have 10 yeah. total
0: units now. So, so that was um, that following year after we moved into the new build. We also had the opportunity to purchase a four-unit <laughs> apartment building. Um, that really, it, it made a lot of sense and it's actually a really still, we still have and it's a really good uh, cash-flowing property. So, we, we got into that one using a combination of commercial lending and uh, the sellers ha- held a little bit of the note and then of course we came with a little bit down too.
1: So very creative when it comes to how you pieced all the the aspects of this deal together, because I mean, I guess, where did you learn some of this? How did you um, understand that you could do a, a a seller's based um, mortgage and how did you learn that it could be a commercial loan and, now, where did you come up with some of this? Was it just reading or talking to different people?
0: It was um, it was reading, but I was reading because I was being told no all the time from the banks. I we were we were so unique in that you know we were living off my husband's. We only had my husband's W two. We mm-hmm. didn't have mine. Um, and the, and you know when you only have one or two properties, they don't really cash flow a lot. It's when mm-hmm. you have multiple ones that you see, you generate more money, obviously. Um, So it was going to the banks and being told no, and just not, not accepting. No, like I was like, there has got to be a way that we can make this work. I will find it. So I would go home and just Google and research and read everything I could. I know so much about so many different ways to fund deals and make deals happen from just constantly reading from here from you know the, the a lot of rejection
1: early on so I think um when we did our first take of this I told you my theory of the word no that if you look in the mirror it spells on <laughs> yes <laughs> and yes Kelly truly believes that
0: <laughs> yes and my husband will tell people like he thinks that it he he thinks I like to be told no because he thinks I get like super that it invigorates me and motivates me and there's probably a lot I'm not going to say a little
1: bit there's a lot of how, how do your kids uh, uh respond to the word no are they very similar in that nature
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, they are very our kids are very much like both of us they're they're independent and stubborn all <laughs> time, all three of them
1: <laughs> so they've inherited that great technique or that great skill but as a parent it's not one that you really are excited about <laughs>
0: Yeah, they don't need to, you know, implement it so young. They could <laughs> wait till they're a little bit older, yeah. So,
1: um, so the house that you built that the brothers were living with you on, so that would have been the, the, the new place, the subdivided place. Um, you lived in that for a couple of years, but you now rent that out, correct?
0: That's right, yeah. So we lived there um, for okay. three years. Um, we, we had always planned to eventually, the goal was to build our own house, which we, we did do. It just came a little sooner because we, in that house, we were comfortable with two children. And then I found out that I was pregnant with our third. So we had to make some moves quickly and we ended up building a single family house. Um, so a total of eight years we spent living with tenants. And then, uh, finally after eight years, we moved into our own, our
1: very (laughs) own house, (laughs) They were all owned by you, but you actually had no tenants with you. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I, I actually was a little nervous about, um, because my husband worked at the time was working nights. So I liked, I liked the comfort of knowing somebody was, you know, down below us and, So it was was a different experience to move into our very own, like our own single
1: family. So that you mentioned early on that you were a vet tech, and that it was your goal to to be able to stay home with the kids. It was both you and your husband's goal to be able to stay home with the kids, and you you basically used this mechanism to replace your income. And actually, if I remember correctly, sooner than you anticipated, correct?
0: Yeah, it. um, We our properties all cash flow really well. So yeah, we were able to really replace my income pretty, pretty soon. I mean, I I stopped working when I was pregnant with my first. So yeah, we, we were able to use this, um, the income from all of our properties to replace my income. I mean, way more than I ever actually far more replaces what I was making as a veterinary technician.
1: Okay. So then you decided, um, with three children and 10 properties to manage that you'd get your real estate license. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd always, um, wanted, I'd always really wanted to get my real estate license, but never, never dared to when I was working a full time, um, regular job, you know, with a W2 and then with the kids, they still wanted to do it. And then I finally, when I was pregnant with our third, just decided that it was a good time, to make make it happen, and and I did, and it's been. Initially, it was just like, okay, let's see, maybe having my real estate license will give me a little bit more insight and help me network a little bit more, and we can potentially pick up really good deals along the way. Um, and then it, it ended up being an, an amazing stream of income for us as well,
1: and also enormous flexibility, right? I oh, mean, that was yes. one of the things that um, I think you mentioned before that having gone through this journey of creating your vineyard, you know, creating, creating this real estate vineyard, basically, um, and then taking the next step to get your real estate license. It has allowed you to be there, um, for the, for the kids and earn money and further your career at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, It has. I mean, the the real estate investing, the real estate sales, the flexibility that comes with it. I wake up every morning and uh, even on school mornings, because now two are in school, I drink coffee with the kids while they watch a little bit of cartoons, you know, before it's time to get ready. And um, I I haven't missed a field trip now that the kids are in school. And I was Mm -hmm. able when they were all young and not in school, I was able to to be the one that raised them to spend time with them and that really that was important to me um, but I'm also I was talking to my sister about this today I'm also a person who really likes to set goals I'm very motivated so um, real estate investing in real estate sales has allowed me to to really cultivate that too you know mm-hmm. be able to to have that feeling of mashing goals and you know Um, achieving different things. Mm
1: -hmm. I think one of the things um, that I've heard often from other real estate agents is that it's a perfect job for a young mom because um, usually when buyers or sellers want to meet, um, it's in the evening. And so um, sometimes it can be, especially with really young kids, it's after they go to bed. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it allows for some flexibility where a nine to five job would be a little more challenging in that particular arena. And then when you know that you have income coming in from these rental properties, then okay, if you can't do it, you know, if you can't, for some reason, the kids are sick or there's just too much going on. It's not like there isn't something there, Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that a lot of the things that uh, you did came out of being told no. Um, you also said to me that, you know, you've learned so much uh, just in general about the process and you like to share that and perhaps might even launch a business teaching other people how to do that in the future. Is there one thing that you can think of that was, um, you know, you you were told, I don't I would say was not the best advice for you, wasn't bad, like it wasn't wrong, but just not the right thing for you in this process.
0: Yeah, I think, I think really, I, I can't say that I specifically have an example where I'm like, man, I wish I'd known that. Back when I was, you know, trying to do this or get it, get this house, um, but but I would say definitely understanding that, you know, how's that saying go? Oh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Like there's more than one way to to get where you want to go, um, and bringing in in obtaining financing. You know, maybe maybe the the bank when they type all of your information into the computer is looking at you and saying. No, you know, you don't qualify for a loan just because that bank, even, even just because that specific bank isn't, isn't qualifying you doesn't mean that another bank or another credit union down the road won't look at your stuff and say, we can qualify you for this amount, um, or that there's not a different way of, of finding money to bring it all together. Even if you have to, I mean, like I said, that one property we did, we had the seller hold a note, we had the commercial lenders hold it, hold a little bit of money. And then we brought money to the table. So even if you have to piece things together, there's so many different ways to make deals happen. I wouldn't, I would not let somebody telling you that you can't, you don't fit the box or, or the fact that like bringing the financials together may be difficult. I would never let that stand. I would recommend never letting that stand in your way.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that you're saying, I yeah, that just keep asking, yeah, just keep asking questions, keep, um, you know that that why 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 that you some days probably want to yell at your kids and say stop asking me, just do what I say, <laughs> <laughs> but as an adult, the why 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 um really is very important. You know, even if the answer is still no, understanding why the answer is is really important because then you can find. Well, if the answer is no because of this, well, then all I need to do is fix that. Right?
0: Yeah, and and like you said, like maybe it's something. Maybe your credit score is low. Okay, like you said. Well, why? Okay, well, you have a low credit score. Okay, then you need to go work on that, or you don't have. You don't have enough for the down payment. Okay, but maybe there's a program where the amount I have saved does work. Like the FHA,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Just staying motivated and not taking. I do not like that
1: word. No, well, I do. It <laughs> motivates me. <laughs> um, one of the, the other things that was very interesting to me when I read a little bit about, about your background was the fact that um, you uh, you very much enjoy teaching other people about this. You're very excited about that. Um, it comes through clearly in your voice. Yeah. And, um, by being a real estate agent, sometimes you get the opportunity to actually do that and to talk to people and educate them as well. But education is a big piece of what intrigues you about all of this. And, um, you want to be able to, to help other people form wealth, especially other people in situations like yours. So tell us a little bit about like a book that you if they can think of one thing that really added nutrients to this idea and this concept or a book that you read or anything that you can share that somebody could go to that would be beneficial to them?
0: Um, You know, there's a website that I still use a lot. um, And this is for people that are interested in real estate investing. And it's called biggerpockets.com and they've been around i think now for 10 years or so and it's uh it's a big forum type of website where you can listen you can sign up for webinars you can just read questions you can you can put a question out on the forum and it's it's been around long enough now and it's used so much by by really big time and small people like it across the united states and i think even in other countries now that there's a wealth of knowledge you can any question you have, I'm sure somebody's posted and you could go get the answers to, and they even have calculators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're, if you don't, you're like, I don't know how to figure out if this is even a good deal. They have calculators where you just type things in and they're for, you know, you can use them a couple times for free. Um, so that would be like right now, that would be what I would recommend. Yeah, a, yeah. a Great resource for people. Go read a lot. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like to read too. So that's probably why it was, why uh, I was able to soak up a lot too. Um, but yeah, research everything. Google every question you have. <laughs> that's what I do.
1: Well, that's interesting that that's where you've got your answer. And you have to be careful about Google because just because yes. it's out there, you, you have to yeah, like double verify it, right? It's...
0: Right, absolutely, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Make sure you read that, you know, what you're reading.
1: And then check like with other people. Verify it. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, make sure your source is,
1: Incredible. So at this stage of the game, you guys now have 10 rental units. You have three children. You have your real estate business. Your husband is still working um, in his job. What, uh, what challenges do you see to your vineyard coming up or obstacles do you see uh, going forward that um, no may uh, come up and, and, and you guys might decide that it's really us. Nice? Anything particular, or any anything that you have concerns about, or think you know, people should, and if they're getting into this, I'm. A, we're
0: actually this year we're we're ready to acquire some new properties, and we have some things underway. and And the financing, the financial piece, is still uh, plays a little bit of a role in like what kind of you know the difficulties, right? So there there can be. Things like what the structure of the property, what it's making, you know, things like that, I can work through and mm-hmm. navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, but the financing piece, you know, we have quite a bit of equity in all of our properties, and there's still it's lending is still there's it's still there's still a lot of uh, regulations on the lending, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think that that's bad, but it does it can. Just, you know, putting all the pieces together to finance larger purchases now is uh, still, still, a still a challenge, but one that I, I'm confident now, you know, <laughs> I think I, I was confident back then, but it was just because I was young. Um, and now I'm confident with
1: experience that I can still get the deals done. Yeah. Um, have you ever run into any problems with some of the structural? Um, have you learned anything about? I mean, have you been pretty lucky when it comes to some of that? And there's been new issues along those lines with the houses that you've purchased. It sounds like they're pretty good.
0: Yeah, they are. We our four unit was built in the mid 1800s, so that Ooh. one that one is a, <laughs> that one is a fun one. That one we picked up um, as a value add. So with the value adds, that is. You know, a property that you're looking at, for us, the value add was that the it was all of the rents were under market rent, the market rate, and the, the units were not updated a lot. So we knew we could go in, not only could we update the units, but we could really, the rents needed to be, they were, they needed to be up to market rent, mm-hmm. um, market rates. So uh, that property, like I said, was built in the mid 1800s. And so one of the first things we did was uh, went into the largest apartment on the top level, my husband took it from a two bedroom, there was like this crazy spare room that wasn't finished. It, it was just this weird, creepy room. And he turned it into a three bedroom. And he actually took everything in that down to the studs. And, and with those old buildings, oh. everybody knows that you open a can of worms. And then so um, <laughs> yeah, so there was nothing was nothing fit right. Nothing was square. So they had to, there was a lot of work and my husband actually landed in the hospital with a double lung infection from that, from that job.
1: Um, So, um, yeah, because a lot of that's laugh and plaster and blown in insulation and, oh, yeah. 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 Rat and mouse feces. Um, We're not sure how,
0: and he said he wore a respirator lock, but I wasn't there to, you know, I don't, who knows. But yeah, that was pretty, that was, that was scary. And that property it's always interesting
1: but it's a good, <laughs> solid property <laughs> the history that's there is cool though i have to say when you buy an old house my husband and i had an old house for the first uh say a little longer than half of our marriage and, as you, and we remodeled that. And every single time we started <laughs> a different room, it was like, oh. Although uh, it was really interesting information. Like in the walls, sometimes you were finding, like, you know, old newspapers because that's what they use yes. for. And, and it's amazing how well-preserved that some of that stuff
0: Oh, was. yeah. He found uh, newspapers in the walls from the – it's called the Cornell – I think it was called the Cornell Sun back then, but from the
1: 1920s, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah, that kind of stuff is really neat, but you don't want to keep it because you don't know how, you know. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like you said, use is insulation, and like I'm not sure this is providing much,
1: much insulation. Yeah, and it's probably dirty, and yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really neat, but and even the structural side of it, like looking at how they use like the lath and plaster, and how far we've come with the sheetrock and the insulation and stuff, but it is, it's always a dirty job and it's always, um, nothing's ever level and, you know, nothing's ever up to code. So those are all things that if you're going to be, if you're going to do what you're doing, you just have to think through that and have a good team of inspectors and resources that you can go to for those kinds of things. And I'm sure you've built some really good relationships over the years. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. That is a huge, huge part of being a landlord is having good relationships with the good, with the contractors, the, you know, the heat and, um, yeah, plumbing, heating and plumbing guys, like all of that. So when things go, because they never go at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> On a warm,
1: sunny day. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: 2 a.m. and suddenly there's no heat uh, and five degrees Exactly. Out. Or
1: the water breaks or, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, all three appliances go. Rec- 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 stove. And,
0: yeah, yeah, that <laughs> ha- that's it. happened. Yep.
1: <laughs> so you have to do a lot of planning. You have to have an emergency fund around that, just like you have to have an emergency fund around your own finances. So it's like running two right. households and then something, Absolutely. Have you learned, has there anything that you've learned in um, being a business owner in that respect that you were surprised about at all? I don't know that I was surprised. I guess maybe not surprised
0: by this, but um, you really, being an entrepreneur, and it doesn't matter if you're in real estate investing, we have lots of friends that run their own businesses. Um, you really uh develop a grit um like about you that is I look back and I'm like boy like I can I can take quite a bit of of stuff you know that I think at 21 I never I never thought I would be able to handle you can take you can handle a lot of things coming at you in different directions from all different sources you know
1: so grit is helpful yeah for sure (laughs) And turning no into on. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's my favorite. That is, I love that.
1: My final question, and thank you so much for sharing your journey because I think it's, you know, for a lot of people, um, they don't they like the idea of a recurring revenue like this. You know, it's it's a great source of revenue and it gives them enormous flexibility. It comes with its own um, issues as well. But one question that uh, I always love to close with in the podcast because it's so different for every person is what is your definition of success?
0: I think that is such a great question. And I really lately think about that a lot. And, um, for me, and I, sometimes I call it, you know, success or, or wealth. And, and I'm, I feel like it's what, where I, where I'm at right now. I have this, um, I have this great income, and a lot of it is passive, you know, Mm -hmm. or semi passive, I guess you can't really call it passive, but semi passive. And then I have this flexibility with my time where I get to I am truly raising my children. And I am so thankful and so, so appreciative to have the the time that I get with them. And yet, I still bring in this, you know, very good income where we live, where our family enjoys a very nice life because Mm -hmm. of it. So Mm-hmm. So I don't have those worries that I always, you know, as a young, young woman, I feared I, I was fearful of, which is, you know, the living paycheck to paycheck. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I guess um, the, my definition of success is that that perfect balance of uh, having something that provides income and also being able to have your time too. So,
1: Yeah. So your house hacking, as we call it, has created a successful life to you to be able to spend time with your children.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations. That is definitely a success that your kids will remember as well as you will remember when those kids no longer want mom around. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, one of the fears that I always have when um, moms or dads, uh, choose to stay at home is that they, when the kids don't need them anymore and it's it's time for them to find themselves, um, they have a difficulty with that mm. because they've spent their you know, entire 16, 17, 18 years solely focused on the children. And now they have to figure out wh- what do they want to do for the rest of, of their lives. And you've built your... Uh, your property management, you've built your real estate, and you've been able to be that mom that's home for the kids and, and be there for them. So congratulations on your success. Thank you. Um, I will post some information about Kelly in the show notes. She is, as I mentioned, a real estate agent as well. And um, some information about uh, her company, what she's doing, and some contact information in case you're uh, potentially looking to uh, hire a real estate agent in the upstate New York area or even sell some property she might be interested in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kelly, thank you again for taking time out of your busy, crazy schedule and re recording this. <laughs> us today and take two was even better oh, than take good. one so Thanks, i do appreciate baby. it oh, and it's an honor I- thank you we hope you enjoyed your time with us as well
0: i did thank you very much for having me on the show and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com